You're about to listen to Grace Pills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor at Caris Center International. Reverend Josh Lai is a preacher of the gospel of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak as the oracles of God. I speak with grace that only God supplies. I decree in the name of Jesus that the word of God is going to be accurately divided. Accurately divided without errors. That Jesus be glorified and we be edified. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So I'm still on the Jesus culture. And at this juncture, we have gotten to the place of what? Thanksgiving, which is giving. I mean, giving. And our giving does not stem from ourselves. Our giving stems out of thanksgiving. Our giving is a response of what Jesus has already done for us. Amen. And therefore, we don't own anything. Everything we give to him it's because it is just in thanksgiving of what he has already given. Praise the Lord. Is that okay? Yes, wonderful. So, thanks living. Everybody say thanks living. Right, so we have actually looked at a lot of things. And we started with the case study of the churches. And so, we did the church, the Israel church the Jewish church in the wilderness, and then we looked at uh, Jerusalem church. Is that correct? Yeah. And then we looked at what? The Corinthian, yes, the troublesome church. The troublesome church. Now, you remember that at a point we looked at the Macedonian church. Is that correct? Is that correct? Yeah. They were very poor and yet... And you know that the letter was not written to the Macedonian church. It was written to the Corinthian church. And Apostle Paul was using the Macedonian church as an example to the Corinthian church because of their stubbornness. Are you getting the point? Do, do you get it? Okay. So... What we read as in the Macedonian church, even in their deep poverty, they gave themselves and they also gave to, to, to Paul and they were waiting for directions and instructions every time to do the will of God. And then all of those beautiful comments that were made about them, it was written to encourage the Corinthian church because of what we actually studied last week. You know that Paul really lamented. Is that correct? Oh, is that correct? Yes. We read the whole chapter. of. Now, there is no troublesome church in the Bible like the Corinthian church. Okay, so all the letters that were written to them, Apostle Paul had to be solving a lot of problems. And it all started because of doctrine. Somebody say doctrine. 
You see, they were divided as a church in doctrine. They were listening to different people and they were being influenced by different people. And so it divided them. You know? And so Apostle Paul realized that they could not see him as their leader. And whatever he instructed them by the, instructed them by the will of God, they were not ready to do it. And even to the extent that they were not ready to give to the gospel. Are you getting it? Okay, so this is Apostle Paul encouraging the Corinthian church. Okay. There's also one in 1 Corinthians 16. Now, he wrote to them two letters. Say two letters. Okay, two letters. In the first letter, you can see that he wrote to them regarding their, the giving of themselves and the giving, giving of their substance in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And then he also wrote again, I mean, writing the letter. When he got to a point, he came back to it again. In 1 Corinthians 16, you can go and read that. And then he came back to it again in his second letter to them. Which means when he wrote to them, they didn't respond in their attitude and in their behavior. So in his second letter, he wrote to them again to encourage them again to do what they need to do. Are you getting it? That's why this is 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Okay? To tell them, you need to do. You need to do. You need to. You need to. You need to. Okay, so actually it is in 8 and 9. So he actually dedicated two more like chapters. But the letter was not divided in chapters. So you understand what I mean? Uh -huh. Okay. It was done in chapters and verses so that we would do convenient reading. That's why the Bible was divided like that. But the, uh, the letters were not written in chapters. So he says, now I want to tell you what God in his grace has done for the churches in what? Macedonia. So he's giving them an example. If you're not willing to do what you need to do as a church, I'm giving you an example of another church. And what God is what? Doing. Though they have been going through much trouble and hard times, they have mixed their wonderful joy with deep poverty, and the result has been an overflow of what? Giving to others. Praise God. Next. They gave not only what they could afford, but far more. I can testify that they did it because they wanted to, and not because of nagging on my part. They begged us to take the money so they could share in the joy of helping the Christians in Jerusalem. They were not giving because they wanted to expect anything back. That others will have joy in their giving. Others will be blessed by their giving. Best of all, they went beyond our highest hopes. For their first action was to dedicate themselves to the Lord. And to us. For whatever directions God might give to them through us. Oh, these are servants. Is that correct? You can see the servant spirit. 
Is that right? Okay. They were so enthusiastic about it that we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to visit you and encourage you to complete what? In this. So you see what he was trying to address. Right from 1 Corinthians. It means that he's writing to them. He should be writing to say, we have received your... Uh -huh. But you see, he was still... To complete your share in giving to the Lord. The ministry of what? So the believers have the ministry of? We all <laughs> are in the ministry of giving. We are all in the ministry of prayer and fasting. There is nobody who is in the department of giving. And the department of prayer and what? Fasting or the word department. When it comes to this, everybody, if you're a believer, you're a part of it. You are called into it. Oh, hello? According to it. Okay. You people there are leaders in so many ways. You have so much faith, <laughs> so many good preachers, so much learning, so much enthusiasm. How he added this one. So much love for us. <laughs> Maybe Apostle Paul is like me. He doesn't like hurting uh, his people with words. So he's very careful, which is a good thing. Now, I want you to be leaders also in the spirit of what? So you can see that he's trying every way to bring the best out of them. You know, best out of them. All right. So. I am not giving you an order. I'm not saying you must do it. But what was he telling them to do? <laughs> but others are eager for it. This is one way to prove that what? Your love is what? Your love is what? Your love is what? That it goes beyond. Is that true? That whom you love is whom you give to. Do you realize it's not difficult to give to the one you love? Do you know that some of you have fallen victim? A lot. You know, there was this lady... With this guy, they have not married nothing. And the guy was said, brought an idea. Oh, since we are courting and we are going to marry, let's, let's uh, um, um, buy a taxi together. 
and let it start working for us. And the lady bought into the idea. So whose name? I said, oh, let, let's do it in my name. <laughs> you know that when you love somebody, you don't even think. You don't even think about it. Because, you see, the way you love them, you think they love you the same. Uh -huh. So you don't even think. And you do it for them without thinking. Because you don't think evil about them. That they can even do you evil. Okay? And that's what Paul is trying to say. That if you really love the Lord, giving to the Lord doesn't become this difficult. That I have to write you letters upon letters upon letters before you do that. Show that your love is real. It's real. It goes beyond mere words. Okay. So, we're going to look at the Philippian church. We're going to look at the Philippian church. Now, you can see the, the writers or the authors of this letter. Can you see from, from the beginning? Let's all read. Go. From what? Paul what? And look at the description. Yes. Slaves of Jesus Christ. Not reverence. Bishops. Archbishop, most emeritus, primate. Oh, yes. No. <laughs> okay. And then look at the letters. Who, who they are addressing it to go? To the pastors and what? Dickens and all the Christians in the city of what? Philippi. Praise God. So simple. I don't know where some of these things came from. And you know, these letters are mostly, they are read out to the church. Yes. They are read out to the church. And, and it tells you the authority of the local church. Yes, I will speak to that. When people talk about, oh, you can be a Christian, you don't go to church, you don't go to church. That is not how God, uh, Christ planned it. Yes. The moment the revival started at the church of Pentecost, the first church was in the, Jerusalem. Where the believers met. You saw it in Acts. They met to pray. Are you getting the point? Even in people's homes. They started a church. Okay? And they started now making sure there were churches in all the cities where the gospel went. To make the disciples. Other than that, disciples can never be made. 
Okay? And it also makes you understand why church. Church is to train people. To train people. To train people. Okay. Let's go. So, now look at how the letter starts. Go. May God bless you all. Yes. I pray that God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ will give each of you his fullest blessings and his peace in your hearts and your lives. All my prayers for you. Hello? You see how every letter Paul starts, he starts with greetings. And he also starts with a blessing. You see, but look at this one. He says what? Are full of praise to. So it tells you as a pastor how fulfilled he feels regarding the church. Hello? And, and you're going to see you're going to see how he poured out praise, commendations, blessings, and all that he knows God has for. Do you know that it was this? Okay, don't worry. Go. When I pray for you, mm -hmm. my heart is what? Full of joy, uh huh, because of your wonderful help in making known the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it. Do I need to explain this? I don't need to. So you can see their response. Is that right? To the gospel. He says, you have been of great help in making known the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. So you see where the concentration is. Making sure that the good news is spreading. Next, go, and I'm sure that God who began the good work within you will keep right on helping you grow in his grace until his task within you is finally finished on that day when Jesus Christ returns. Oh, hallelujah. Have you prayed this prayer before? You see, you pray it, you think that's your company. So what God has started in this company? What God has started in my marriage? Are you getting a point? Look at the, look at the context. Look at the context. Look at the context. That's what I'm saying. I'm telling you that anything you have, anything you do, that 
does not lead to the spreading of the gospel, God is not interested. You get it now? So, <laughs> did you hear what I said? I said, God is not what? Interested. He said, and I'm sure. Sure of what? What did they do? Verse before. They help in spreading the gospel. And because they help, they are wonderful help, he says, I pray for you that God who has begun what? A good work within you will keep right on helping you what? Grow in grace. Until his task within you is finally finished on that day when Jesus Christ returns. Next. How natural it is that I should feel as I do. Oh, Jesus. May the Lord help me to say that about you. How natural it is that I should feel as I do about you. Go for you have what? A very what? Special place. Why do they have a special place? Go. You have shared together. We have shared together what? The blessings of God. Both when I was in prison and when I was out defending the truth and telling Can you see that the concentration is all about the gospel? It's all about the gospel. Next. Go. Only God knows how deep is my love and longing for you with the tenderness of Jesus Christ. My prayer for you is that you will overflow more and more with love for others and at the same time keep on growing in spiritual and insight. Next. For I want you always to see clearly the difference between right and wrong and be inwardly clean. Inwardly because everything about this gospel is within. You can show good works outside but your heart Within. Within. Go. No one being able to criticize you from now until our Lord returns. 
So what was his, his craving for them? That they would grow in spiritual insight and knowledge. Ephesians chapter 4, what does he say? He says that so we will grow into the maturity of who? Christ. That is the longing and the desire of a pastor. That's the desire and longing of Christ Jesus. I tell you that, listen, the church is not for any human being. The church is the wife of Christ. Hey, are you here? The church is the wife of Christ. That's Christ's wife. Do you tell somebody how they have to treat their wives? Are you here? Uh-huh. So he's telling us when his wife is rich and fulfilling, he knows what he expects from his wife is that they will grow in the knowledge of him, the husband. Hey, are you here? Is that what husbands want? Uh, uh, guys, are you here? No. The husbands want their wives to grow in the knowledge of them. So that they can follow them. That's how a man deeply loves their wife. When their wife truly knows them and has insight about who they are, it is what provokes the love of a man. If you, are, if you don't know, forget about marriage, oh. You are quiet, especially the ladies. Quiet. That's why I've told you, ladies, that your trump card is in the yes or no. Before you say yes, somebody is that the person you want to grow in insight and knowledge? <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Insight and is that, are you sure this is the one you want to grow in insight and knowledge? And will they lead you towards Christ? Yeah, man. Let's go. May you always be doing those good, kind things that show you are a child of God. For this will bring much praise and glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen to me. If you check the new, you realize the epistles, you realize that 
you're doing what you're doing is not that which gives you access to God. It goes in praise and glory to show people that you are a child of God. So it doesn't become a hindrance to the gospel. Are you getting the point? Uh -huh. As for you being God's child, you are. Uh -huh. You have access. Your righteousness is in place. Nobody can revoke it. Christ has done it. Are you getting that point? But your good works becomes the result of your being, your being a child of God. And it goes in praise and glory to him. Ah, do you understand it? Yes. He says, For I know that as you pray for me, and as the Holy Spirit helps me, this all going, this is all going to turn out for my good. He's talking about his prison sentence. Okay. It's going to turn out for his good. Okay. Give me the next. For I live in eager expectation and hope that I will never do anything that will cause me to be ashamed of myself, but that I will always be ready to speak out boldly for Christ while I am going through all these trials here, just as I have in the past. You see, he never spoke about his conduct with regards to him losing his salvation or losing favor before God or God doesn't love him anymore, but it has to do with the spreading of the, and the acceptability. Are you getting the point? Yes. Very important. Okay. And that I would always be an honor. Are you getting the point? Uh-huh. So like a child, you want to be an honor to the, to the father or to the parents. Is that okay? Yes. That's what your good works does to your father. But as for you being your father's child, you always be your father's child. You are born into it. You don't acquire it by good works. <laughs> Is that very clear? Go. Whether I live or whether I must die, for me, for me, for, for to me, living means opportunities. Did you hear that? That's why I said that if anything you have, anything you are doing doesn't have this focus, God is not interested. It's not. It's not interested. This is why he said, for me to live is Christ, for me to die is gain. Okay, let's go. He said, and dying, well, that's better yet. Do you understand it? That's better yet. In other words, whether I live or I die, the whole thing is that I'm for Christ. I'm for Christ. And he says, when I die, Mumbia, then it means that, oh, I've entered my glory. Look at it. But if living 
will give me more opportunities to, to. Then I really don't know which is better. To live or to die. Sometimes I want to live and at other times I don't. For I long to go how much happier for me than being here. As you read it, may the Lord fill your heart. May the Lord fill your heart. May the Lord fill your heart. Look at what he says. Go. But the fact is that hmm, I can be of more help to you by staying. Yes, I am still needed down here. And so I feel certain I will be staying on earth a little longer to help you grow and become happy in Look at the focus. It's so poignant. My stay will make you glad and give you reason to glorify Christ Jesus for keeping me safe when I return to visit you again. But whatever happens to me, Remember always to live as Christians should. So that wherever I see you, whether I see you again or not, I will keep on hearing good reports that you are standing side by side with one strong purpose. One strong purpose. No other. One. One. One strong purpose. Is to tell the good news. One. One. Listen to me. If you are happy, glad, excited about any other thing and being in another church where things are glorified and so you come to church and all you hear is, oh, my marriage, your marriage will be good. Oh, your business will be powerful. Uh -huh. I receive it, you know. You see, and, and that is always what the focus is. And you are happy. <laughs> it's because you don't know who you are in Christ. Because... There are unbelievers 
who are doing very well without coming to church. In all of those areas that the pastor has been talking about, you are with them in your companies. You are with them in your community. You are with them even in your family. And if that is what really shows true value in life, then they are more valuable. Are you here? I just realized that as a pastor, I don't speak to excite people. But they will really get excited if they are connected. And their heart's desire is for the kingdom. Do you know that we all go to the restaurants we love because of the menu they serve? So before we go there, we have our expectation of the kind of menu they will serve to us. Is that correct? Is that correct? So, if your menu if the menu you have in mind is not the menu we are serving, you feel disappointed. Is that correct? But I will stand together with the restaurant, restaurant owner, can I, and recommend that this is the best menu for you. And if you keep feeding on this menu, you would express in every area the joy of life. You can say amen. amen. We'll continue next week. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Thank you for listening to Grace Bills by Reverend Josh Lai, lead pastor, Caris Center International. We believe the word has begun a good work in you. May God's amazing grace lead you to a peaceful and joy-filled life. Caris Center International, living heaven on earth. Come.